The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Hey, good morning and welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, President and Owner of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, along with uh, my son, number one son. All right, so he's my only son. <laughs> David Wickert, our uh, Chief Millennial Loan Consultant and, and Manager. If you've got any questions or comments on the topics we're talking about today or anything else, you can give us a call or text us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That number is 414-799-1620. Good morning, David. Good morning, Dad. You know, uh, Tony was talking about the Masters. Yes, I've heard of it. Yep, and I just want to know, I want you to know, I've been married to your mother now like 35 years. She is full of surprises. Mm -hmm. This morning, she wakes up and she tells me, she called me because we're here at the office doing the show today, and she says, did you hear that they're starting the Masters like three hours early and they're playing threesomes instead of twosomes? I'm like, wow. Wow. Who are you? I mean, she's just she must have surprised. money on the outcome. Yeah, maybe she does. Yeah. All right. Anyway, hey, we're going to get started today talking about um, a first-time home buyer who we pre-approved. First, we started talking to him back in December. We've talked about this couple before. This is one where they were genuinely out shopping way too early because they had not accumulated their down payment yet. Had they talked to another lender? They did. Okay. This was the lender that was going to gouge their, scratch their eyes out, gouge mm. their eyes out, mm. and charge them like 5.75 on an FHA loan. Yikes. Which is right next door to criminal. Yes. And uh, and so and they had were, not verified any of their down payment correct. prior to giving them was a like, hunting oh, license. Yeah, it's coming from here and there, and I'm going to get an advance on and sell some vacation time back to my employer it was a hot mess okay plus this particular uh, one of the uh, borrowers had changed jobs four times in the last year which you have to get a note from your mother and an fha full eagle delegated underwriter to say that's okay you gotta have a really good documented reason yeah the other lender hadn't checked that out either so we did of course not why would you check that out before you gave someone a pre-approval right so that's why we call it uh, most of the pre-approvals out there folks are flimsy and and so anyway, so we did all the homework, yeah. got got the exception approved for the multiple job changes because there was a great reason, got them to actually deposit the money in their bank statements, but uh, into their bank accounts. But then they were so tight on money for the house that they wanted to buy that the only thing we could do was ask the sellers to pay for $2,500 of closing costs. Hmm. Now, normally that's not a problem because if you offer a, a, a seller $202,500 mm -hmm. and you ask for a $2,500 seller credit. It's like asking for 200. That's right. Yeah. It is not difficult math. However, that combined with the 3.5% down payment on an FHA loan mm -hmm. has caused this nice couple to be 0 for 8 Ouch. on writing offers. Not as bad as that guy who I learned about yesterday who was 0 for 54 on the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, yeah. Longest. Chris Davis. Yeah. It's a rough spring for so, him. So, you know what? Maybe I'm going to start using it. You know, it's not as bad as Chris Davis. Ouch. He was 0 for 54. Yeah, at yeah, the point. yeah. But these folks are 0 for 8. and That's painful. Yeah. Emotionally and, painful. And here's the you know thing that they thought, and I thought, too, that they had going in their favor. They're looking in the 200 to 250 price range. 
single-family detached home, but they are not wed to any particular geographic area. Port Washington down to Washington Eagle. County, yeah, West Bend, Eagle, whatever. Hmm. But no luck, and so um, and it doesn't help that there's probably not enough inventory to boot. Well, here's the story in the last three offers they lost out on. The last one, there were fourteen offers. Yikes! The one before that, and at that price point too, I bet there's a couple cash, like straight cash be, offers at be. that. Easier to write a two hundred thousand dollar cash offer than a four hundred thousand. I've got cash a number offer. for you on that for March uh, home sales. Okay. What the average uh, sales price was for single family detached cash buyers. Hmm. I've got that number right here in my hip pocket. Okay. Okay. Uh, the one before that, twelve offers, and the third third one back was five offers. Um, so they are not, you know, the only. Uh, offer on the table not correct. by a long shot correct and they've got other friends who are looking some successful others not all right so what's keeping them from being in the winner circle it comes down to the fact it, it, that when you write an offer and you say i'm putting three and a half percent down plus i need twenty five hundred dollars help of your you, money seller the seller knows it you're tight yeah. if, if this appraisal comes in one dollar short or there's one problem your hand folds you're not really communicating a the flexibility to get her done that's right and um, and so, at a minimum, and the reason they're FHA, by the way, is a sad story about a collection. Um, the I'm going to call him Fred. His credit score was lower. It's come up to 632, um, but it's because he was. I, I think, if I understand the story correctly, you know, he and some other guys were renting a uh, an apartment in, the, in their Spectrum, you know, cable yeah. bill, and yeah. then like he moved out and they stopped paying. Mm. And the recency of that collection, which occurred in September, is driving his credit score from six, it would be 688, because we have the tool to say, what if this collection went away? It's driving it down to 632. Ouch. And that's why FHA is really the only option for them. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about... Well, because uh, they called you, and they said, hey, we're 0 for 8. Yeah. What can we possibly do? That's right. So I'm going to tell you what I told them in an email this morning when we come back. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, so we were just talking about the struggling couple trying to buy their first home in the 200 to 250 price range, and they're 0 for 8. I'm sure and they're not alone either. They are not in alone. this story. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, because when you have 14 offers, guess what? There's the other 13 people want the house too. That's right. There are 13 losers and one winner. Uh, by the way, so we think one of their issues is FHA loan. When you put an FHA loan up against any other loan, FHA is going to lose because sellers and um, listing agents perceive FHA loans and appraisals in particular as pickier. They're really not as long as there's no... Yeah, they're picky on things that you'd want to be picky about, well, like safety paint. handrails and right, peeling right. paint. Trip hazards, yeah, things like that. But guess what? I, I also looked at the numbers for uh, March home sales in the five county metro area and 10 percent of home buyers do in fact use an fha loan because it gets recorded at the county well no it's because the realtors report that oh uh hmm. in mls so okay it's as good as, as they are uh just by the way the average 10 percent cash price because you were saying maybe they're um competing against, competing cash, against offers. cash offers the 15 percent of single family detached cash buyers in march uh, 15% of home sales were to cash buyers in the month of March for single-family detached homes. And the average sales price? 98% of list? Uh, well, nine. actually, they got a 4% discount. Okay. And the average price was $158,000. So you're not far off. No. So 60, you said average or median? Average. Okay. Which do you want to 
reminder. Average obviously. is uh, the average, and median is what's the one in the middle. Out That's of 100, right. it's unit number 51. 50. Yep. All right, so by the way, as long as we're talking about that, 65% of single-family detached home buyers uh, use conventional fixed-rate loans in yeah. March with an average sales price of 271, and they got a 2% discount. On the sales price. So despite all these multiple offers. On the on the list price or the sale? The l- latest listing price. Okay. So remember, you hmm. you start out at one number. Mm-hmm. Maybe you come down. Mm-hmm. The people with fixed rate conventional loans pay 2% less than the last listing price. Interesting. On average. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, that, so some are paying more and mm-hmm. some are paying less. But not everybody is paying over list price. And then uh, I already said uh, FHA was 10%. 5% used a VA loan. Sure. <clears throat> and only 3% of total single-family home sales in the first quarter were ARMS, adjustable rate mortgages. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, if you look at condominiums in the first quarter, 31% of condominium buyers were cash buyers. And I'm sorry, how many? 31%. Because it's been a that lower a purchase price normally. Yes, it is a lower purchase price in our theory, and we're going to talk about somebody who you have coming into the office, yeah. a, f- a friend of ours and a, f- a father of a friend of yours, mm-hmm. uh, who is looking at selling their single-family detached home mm-hmm. in the Burbs and buying a condo downtown, right. Milwaukee. Uh, but before we get to that information, because i got some nuggets on the condo market as well, let's okay. just wrap up of what I told uh, we'll call them Fred and Ethel, mm-hmm. the first-time homebuyer uh, couple who's struggling. As I said, maybe it's time to take a break. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's time to take a break. That's not fun. Save up some more money. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I, I scoured their credit report, and I was using our what-if simulator, and I said, if if you can have Fred, who has the challenged credit score mm-hmm. on his collection account, and he's tried to make that go away, by the way, and no success. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, if you can, uh, if Ethel can make him a authorized user on a certain credit card that she has had since 2008 with a perfect payment history, hmm. his 632 score will go up to 653. Okay, yep. boom. Boom. Which, the key there, folks, is government mortgage insurance doesn't make us FHA does not make a distinction between a 632 credit score and a 780 credit score. Private mortgage insurance companies who are in the world to make a profit Mm -hmm. make a huge distinction. So just by the way, at the 632 credit score, the FHA mortgage insurance premium for this couple was $151 a month. This is like on a $225,000 purchase price. If we could get the insurance, and I don't think we could, it would be so. over $300 a month. For the private mortgage For the mortgage private insurance. mortgage. So just think about that. Oh, yeah, does that have anything to do with when Fannie and Freddie get out of the market? Might there be mm. a distinction between private capital and sort of The answer is yes. Funded? Yeah, maybe so. All right, so I told them uh, maybe wait a while, save up some more money. Yeah, and, and so they then, can show more than 3.5%, maybe 5 That's right. Or... I'm going for 5%, okay. because really, even at a 650 credit score, it's hard to make it all fit in the box and get an approval out of the Fannie Mae uh, computer system mm-hmm. unless you get to 5% down with a 650-ish score. And then the PMI becomes more affordable. The other killer thing is they make too much money for some other programs too, Correct. like Home Ready or WIDA even. Correct. Uh, Correct. WIDA would have been awesome for them. Yeah. But you get, and WIDA, you have to count everybody's income. Mm-hmm. You can't just leave one person off. So, yeah, they're just kind of on the edge just outside of... They some, make too much money. They make too Good much problems, money. Good problems, but yeah. Uh, And lastly, then, I stuck my neck out, and I said, maybe, Fred, you need to sell that motorcycle. 
Oh, because it appears that you have some equity in that motorcycle, given the original loan amount on the loan and the current loan amount, and then you'd have more money for a down payment. So I'm waiting for him to swear at me next week. Yeah. All right. You are listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on News Radio 620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. And let's not forget about David Wickert, Howdy. loan consultant and uh, manager of our loan consultants. Yes. A team of them. And so we're talking about how tight the market is, which has kind of been our theme so far all this year. Yeah. And um, let's kind of talk a little bit about why and just to recap everybody's uh, refresh everybody's memory single family home sales were down 18 percent uh in march compared wow. to a year earlier and our theory was oh that's because of uh snow cold weather and yeah. snow and all the bad stuff that happened in september okay that doesn't explain why there are also there was also a drop uh 15 fewer listings yeah of single family homes and our theory on that by the way though the good news is that there were 717 more homes listed for sale in March in the five-county metro area. This data is, of course, from the Greater Milwaukee Association Realtors Multiple Listing Service. So it doesn't include for sale by owners. Right. But um, there were 717 more homes listed for sale than what's sold. So inventory is growing. Okay. It's just not growing enough. It's less depleted is what it sounds like. And one real estate agent who texted in last week said it's because the sellers are afraid to sell. Right. Because the market's so tight. And David, you got somebody coming in who is Yeah, you know, so they're doing the uh the reverse. They're downsizing. They're thinking about selling their house out in the suburbs and they want to go live that hip life down in the third ward buying a condo. And so for them, as they've talked with their real estate agent knowing across all purchase points because they could buy a condo anywhere from 200 to 500 thousand dollars okay there's just not enough inventory for them to to comfortably list their home for sale in the suburbs because they're gonna get an offer on the house in right. the suburbs right and then it's like oh my gosh where do we go live right um there's not enough for sale. There's not enough the for sale for them to only have to do, let's say, a single move. You know, they could go. Anything is possible if you're willing to, you know, grit through it. You know, you sure. could sell your home in the suburbs, move into an apartment downtown for a year, and try to find a condo over that amount of time. Yes, you could. But for them, it, I think it's going to work out. Uh, our friend is coming into the office this coming week, but they, I think the answer is going to be, hey, you've got a substantial amount of equity in your suburban home. Let's line you up with either a bridge loan or a um, maybe home a home equity line of credit. Right. To extract that equity from the old exactly. house to use as the down payment on the it, new to, condo. Yeah, it's either you know go pay cash for a condo so that they are the most attractive mm -hmm. uh, buyer to a seller, um, but then they're not stuck in this in between waiting to feel comfortable to sell their yeah. suburban home before they buy their place downtown. They can put the proverbial cart meaning where they're going mm -hmm. hey i'm going to find that condo i'm going to take my time right why because i have a game plan and financing set up so that when i see it i can act on pounce it. on it so i'm going to get that out of the way first and then i'm going to sell my home right i'm going to do it's kind of like a you've called it a reverse bridge loan basically bridge, oh, yeah well well that's that's a little different okay the way i say it okay oh, i can explain that later but but you know they're going to do the hard thing first which is find the condo that they want to live in for the next 25 years mm -hmm. in a tight condo market right uh, by the way uh condo sales were down 22 percent wow in the well uh, so to to that to their point 
Well, that's the sales, and, and you know the reason is, again, constrained inventory. Right. Uh, and just another little fun fact here, and maybe we'll get to a little bit more after the news, but um, of all the condo sales, there were, you're going to, don't laugh out loud, uh-huh. in all of five, the five-county metro area, there were 251 condo sales in all five counties. Okay. Half of those are in Milwaukee County. Yeah. All right, so that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. 127 there. Condo listings, however, in the month of March in Milwaukee County were down 28% from a year earlier. Okay. So the tight is getting tighter right. in the Milwaukee condo market. Uh, by the way, Waukesha is half of Milwaukee County. Wow. All right, and then the rest are just dribs and drabs. Only 18 condos sold in all of um, Ozaki County Wow. in the month of March. All right, uh, we're going to take a break for the news here. And uh, when we come back, we'll do a little rate roundup. Let's uh, tell you where rates are. We got more stories from the front lines of mortgage lending. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, and here with David Wickert. David, why don't you give us a little bit of a update on where mortgage rates ended the week. Indeed. So you could still hold on to a 3.99% 30-year fixed if Uh you so desired. The APR would be 4.1 because you would have to invest $2,800 in order to get it. Oh, man. I think I got to re-record the commercial that's that's running tomorrow. Yeah, that's on a $200,000 loan with 25% equity, 740 credit score, and escrowing for your taxes. If you did not want to invest that kind of money in order to achieve that rate, you could get 4.25%. That's with an APR 4.29. Just cost you $9.90 in loan costs. And loan costs being the cost of the appraisal, credit report, title, and the closing agent, the person who helps you sign your name a couple dozen times. That's only at Acunet because most other lenders charge a loan processing fee, an underwriting fee, a tax service fee, a document preparation fee, lots and lots of fees. Definitively. We are Um, fee-less. Fee-less. In case you were hoping to uh, have more than half of your monthly mortgage payment go toward the principal, you could do a 15-year fixed at 3.875%, also just 990 in cost, and your APR would be 3.94. So rates remain uh, low, you know, comparatively. You know what's interesting is um, the difference in the payment between 3.99% and the 4.25% is a whopping $30 per month. Wow. So you'd end up parting ways with $1,900 extra dollars just to save 30 bucks a month. And this is some of the math that we do every day with home shoppers because they can't help but focus on rate. That's right. But we just lay out in front of them. It's like, hey, uh, I, my favorite one of this is... Um, how old are your kids? Oh, they're uh, four and two years old. Okay. Fantastic. If you decide to invest this extra money to get your rate down, yeah. you're not going to break even for five years. Five. So your four-year-old's going to be a nine-year-old. Which puts him in like second grade. Exactly. And for a lot of folks, that is a real life. Right. Like, uh, oh my God, that's forever. Right. Exactly. I can't imagine having a, a second grader in my household. So... Try saying the year, too, 2024. That sounds like a long time. Yeah. What? I thought they made a movie out of that. Okay. So um, so this kind of also comes down to how much money you should put down. Um, I'm going to have a conversation with a condo buyer, successful condo buyer. So people are successfully buying homes. They Not are winning. everyone is frustrated. Right. And so this retiree buying a condominium, which we just said was really tight. Now, this one is in Waukesha County. And... Um, there is some worry that the condo might not appraise out. 
Oh. Okay, on the part, and, and it so happens that a relative of hers is the real estate agent. Okay. And I said, well, does it really matter? You know, right. I mean, and because she's putting 25% down, we have other options if, if it doesn't appraise out um, because she has money and she has income and all that good stuff. And, and the real motivation there, this is what we have to realize, is that home buying and mortgage lending are not all about the numbers. She's what, are you, what are you reading from my playbook? Come on. Well, all right. Yeah, there's an emotional a, side of a huge emotional side. This woman who was recently widowed oh. is selling her home up north mm -hmm. where she lived with her husband. And she's moving down to be closer to her kids and grandchildren. So so what if the condo appraises out for ten or fifteen thousand dollars less right. Do you than want what it? she's willing to pay for it? It's a really nice condo. Yeah. And there were multiple offers on it. Mm. And so she won. You know, fantastic by bidding over over the asking price. But you know, the conversation I'm going to have with her and her financial advisor uh, is maybe you don't want to put 25% down. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, so uh, we were just talking about helping this retired. A woman purchased her condo, and her intention is to put 25% down. And so, you know, we got that all lined up, and the paperwork's going, the appraisal's been ordered and all that. But at some point here in the next week, we are going to talk about maybe not putting 25% down. Mm. And the reason is that uh, she could take that money and put it in a sock drawer. Shoeboxes. Shoebox. I like that one. And she could take money out of the shoebox. To supplement her payment. To supplement her monthly payment. Uh, for the difference of whatever it is, the math just works this way on a thirty-year fixed-rate loan for thirteen point eight years. Well, she's she's not even going to live in the house for that long. Maybe not. Okay. Okay. Maybe not. And and then um, and then the other thing we could do instead of putting it in a shoebox, yes, we could give it to her an investment advisor uh, who might be able to out earn the interest rate or at least keep even. Uh, on her 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. And David, you had a conversation with somebody like oh, yeah. this this week, too. Well, so they're going to, so the client I spoke to is going to be clearing $200,000 from the sale of their home. And w their first game plan was, hey, I'm going to roll all of that into my next house. And I, I said out loud on the phone, I was like, I can't help myself, but I need to walk you through the math of what you're thinking about doing. Because oddly enough, so the way the math worked out was, that two hundred thousand dollars was going to reduce their monthly payment by a thousand bucks. Oh, okay. So that's kind of convenient. Yes, and so 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 were we going to do? Just let me interrupt you here for a second. Were yeah. they going to? Are they going to buy the new house first, and then uh, and then do a principal reduction like we do? For they people? might do that, or I was going to do a split. So a new first mortgage that's the for reverse bridge the reverse mortgage. bridge. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes what we do, folks, is we give people two mortgages on, on the, new, the house. new house. Yep. With the idea that uh, they'll pay off the second mortgage when they sell their old house and right. then just have the one have the one that they mm -hmm. intentionally wanted mm -hmm. all along. All right, so I'm sorry. Well, as, and so as you are going to know with your condo buyer, hey, you could just stick that two hundred thousand dollars in a drawer and supplement your monthly payment for two hundred months. That mm -hmm. is sixteen plus years. Okay. So that's option number one. But the other option that really made the math look attractive was, hey, I hope you could find a financial advisor to get you a rate of return of like, let's say 6% oh. on that $200,000. Guess what? That comes out to the equivalent of $1,000 per month. What? So thus, if your financial advisor could get you a reasonable rate of return, 6% oh, yeah. or greater, 
your the difference in your monthly payment pays for itself. And then what do you have that you don't have when all that money is stuck, as you like to say, in your two-by-fours? You have liquidity. Liquidity. Cash right. is king. Cash is king. And just remember, in the financial crisis, what made all those banks and big Wall Street companies like Bear Stearns go out of business yeah. and Lehman Brothers, big household or Wall Street names that are no longer with us, was liquidity yes they couldn't they didn't have enough cash to keep operating and so when when life gives you a curveball or a knuckleball there is nothing like having liquid assets because if it's all stuck in your two by fours you have to go borrow it correct well maybe you don't qualify at that time when life is throwing you a two by four correct so it's a balancing act so maybe you know well and so in any of these conversations the other thing that i say out loud is look at any time you can tell me to stop talking because I'm not the one who has to make the monthly mortgage payment. That's you right. do. So what is the best balance point between you sleep well at night Correct. and you've got some money left over? The scariest version of this is when first-time homebuyers are putting every nickel that they've got and they only got $300 left in their right. checking account. And it's like, man, I hope your AC works all summer long Yep. because and you never that takes money. Roof, right. You know, and you never have to yeah, do a repair and you don't want to have any furniture and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're all about just helping people think through their options. People do what they want. Right. You know, but our job is to lay out the menu and point out the pros and cons. Right. And some people will choose. No, I just really need to have this $1,000 payment or $1,000 less payment, and that's how I'm going to live, and that's okay. Yeah. Happy to help. Happy to help you get from here to there. Uh, speaking of that idea, though, of paying off your loan faster or slower or borrowing more or less, uh, when we come back from this break, I want to talk about um, J.P. Morgan Chase, the nation's largest bank, and how they just earned in in the first three months of the year nine point one eight billion with a B dollars. And this will inform this whole discussion of paying loans off fast or how much to borrow. Yeah. And we're going to cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on six twenty WTMJ. Getting you through the home buying process. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, we've just been talking about whether or not you should pay off your loan fast or slow. There's two big groups of people yeah. that love to pay off their loans fast. One are people that have been to the Dame, Dave Ramsey School. financial seminar, and yeah. he's, he's a, a Christian financial advisor guy. Yeah. And he says, like, don't have any debt, and if you buy a house, use a 15-year fixed rate mortgage and no more than 25% of your take home pay for your monthly mortgage payment. Oh, okay. You've been to the seminar or you just know. <laughs> no. All right. So, so there's that. And then the other type are accountants for whatever reason, those dudes are and gals are just wound so tight. Talking that, to you, Frank, uh, I got to pay off my mortgage <laughs> right away. Okay. So, uh, JP Morgan chase banks are the exact opposite bank. JP Morgan, the nation's largest bank earned $9.18 billion in the first three months of the year. That is an unfathomable number. And so I asked you, David, this off the air. If you spent $100,000 a day, I think that'd be like buying a Tesla, the really good one. Yeah. How long would it take you to burn through $9 billion? And the three choices I'll just give our audience to think about are 24 years, 124 years, or 246. I said 10,000 just to be yeah, ridiculous. Right. So that was, the answer is 246 years of spending $100,000 every day. And wow. you would finally get to nine billion. By the way, on a per business day basis, J.P. Morgan Chase 
earned $134.3 million a day. And here's how they make most of their money. They borrow money from the public called deposits. Deposits. Put money in our bank checking accounts on which we'll pay you 0.1 or 2 or CDs where we'll pay you 1 or maybe 2%. Mm -hmm. And then they turn around. So that's their borrowed money, right? When you deposit money into the bank, the bank is borrowing money from you. Yes. On their balance sheet, it literally appears as a liability or a debt. Yes. Because they have to be able to give the money back to you. But what they do is they take about nine-tenths of that money and they lend it back out. Yes. On things like, I don't know, a home equity line of credit. Or a manufacturer is trying to build a new place. Exactly. Yes. And so uh, the, what's the prime rate again, David? Five and a half. All right. So their formula is borrow money at zero to two and a half percent from, from the public mm -hmm. in this thing called deposits. Mm -hmm. And then lend it out at, oh, I don't know, four or five, six percent. That is a winning formula. Yeah. And what were we just talking about? Hey, instead of paying off your mortgage or paying or, you know, getting a really tiny mortgage, why don't you set some of that money aside? Yeah. And maybe borrow at, you know, four and a quarter mm -hmm. on a on a thirty year fixed rate and maybe your financial advisor can get you a five or six or seven percent over thirty years. Correct. Most financial advisors would tell you they could do that. Um, so net interest margin is what that's called. Uh it's by cool the way, nine billion. Yeah, that's a lot of billion. And one other thing, you know, while they're charging you the five and a half percent and making nine point one billion, they're also charging you. Uh, the last time I did a comparison between good old Acunet Mortgage and Chase Bank on their first mortgages for the same rate, you would pay them twenty one hundred dollars more in closing costs. So if you want to help, come on, they got to make that nine billion somehow, right? If you want to help them, you know, get another record quarter under their belt, go yeah. to them for your mortgage. Wow! And they do lend; they are ahead of us in market share in southeastern Wisconsin. Well, they got a skyscraper downtown. Somebody's got to pay, and for. lots of branches. So yeah. anyway, so there's there's your story, David. You were telling me about an attorney you were talking well, to. Well, just in, in this same theme, it reminded me uh, this attorney up in the Minneapolis area. area is making $12,000 a month. Okay. And we had a conversation. We'd been talking since maybe early last summer and looking at maybe like a $300,000 condo. And our question was, hey, what's the benefit between 5 and 10% down? Well, the answer is you got to spend $15,000 more in down payment. Right. But the payment savings is only 100 bucks. Ah. So to somebody who's making a very nice income, uh, it, that's a rounding error for her. It's less than 1% of her pre-tax income. And so, you know, this is someone who's also socking money away into her brokerage account. So I, I led her to water. Okay. And then she out loud said, I'm never going to pay faster on my mortgage. Okay. Just because there's no benefit well, to... It's not a material benefit to her. I would agree. Given any other option or a multitude of other options, she'd... Could I, she can just look at the money in her checking account. That gives people joy. Yes. Having, right, exactly. Right. It's like, I am not, you know, living so close to the edge. Yeah. And so, uh, and, you know, for this is someone who went to law school, and, and I, this is my, it's not a joke, it's a line. It's nobody goes to mortgage class in high school, college, or, or even law in law school. school. Okay. And, and so, you know, why would she know that there really isn't, other than a you sleep better at night benefit? There's really not a financial or, you know, statistical benefit. Mm -hmm. Material. Material, you know, in her case, for putting, you know, 10 to 5% down. She, the she, other, and, she, but the other thing, uh, just with regards to her as well, is she's got a serious boyfriend. Hey, we might be thinking about, you know, moving out to the suburbs in the next 5 to 7, okay. 10 years. And so having that cash on hand for a down payment on their next house 
babies, oh, whatever okay. it might be. There's a real life element of future. Yeah, future, future costs. planning. Yeah, and right. planning. So, all right, good job. You know, and uh, by the way, Tim, our uh, terrific loan consultant, who also happens to be David's uh, brother-in-law, he was telling me about how he was on the phone with a senior executive of a well-known local uh, entity, and it was referred to us by a, a realtor, and we jumped on the go-to meeting. That's yes. where he was able to look at Tim's screen and go over the options instantly. Oh, wait, what if I do put five more dollars down or right. 50,000 more down? And yeah. What about this rate? And this guy was all interested in what you're talking at the rate roundup of what's the payback period right. between uh, paying a half a point and lowering my rate. Yes. Now, how long does it take me to make that back? And of course, we have built into our pricing and display tool that very calculation. Amazing. To show, yes, he would take 5.8 years or whatever it was. Yeah. So this guy was drinking the Kool Aid. Drinking and get this, and then he, he was he already had a mortgage lender that he used on his last house. Still hasn't gotten him a rate quote in writing. We're doing it live, folks, in front of your very eyes. Yes. And then we'll email it to you right after. Transparency Somehow, other letters funds. cannot get their act together. Oh yeah, it takes some days to get you a written rate quote. That's amazing. Which just to me. amazes me, which is a good thing. It's good business better. for us. All right, so if you want to find out what all your options are and get ideas that maybe you would have never thought of before, um, give us a call or click on that big blue button at acunet.com. We'll also do the same thing whether you're buying a house or a refinance. Our website address is accunet.com. That's all we've got time for today. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on 620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.